0: At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, My God, why have you forsaken Me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, He's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joses and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem we're also there in the bible darkness darkness is always a sign of god's righteous anger and judgment In the Bible, darkness is, is always a sign of God's righteous anger and, and, and judgment. Um, think about how God covered the land of Egypt with darkness in, in the second to last plague before the Passover. This, this plague of, of darkness, this what was a powerful judgment on these people who worshiped the sun and obviously relied on it to live. That that, that darkness that they were put into for like, I think, three days was a very awful kind of thing to be in, that complete darkness. The the absence of God, the absence of the Creator. Darkness is, is an awful thing. Just listen to one of many passages showing that darkness is judgment. This one's from Isaiah 13. See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within it. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. Now fast forward to Good Friday, 700 years later. Jesus is hanging on the cross. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. So when this darkness fell upon Jesus, who was dying on the cross, we know that God was acting in judgment. But who was he judging? And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who was God judging? He was judging Jesus. He was judging Jesus. Notice that Jesus didn't cry out, my friends, my friends. As if the fact that all of his friends just abandoned him, betrayed him, and denied him was the thing causing him the most pain. Notice that Jesus didn't cry out, My head, my head. As if that crown of thorns smashed down on his head wasn't the thing hurting him the most. Notice he didn't, he didn't cry out, My hands, my hands. Or my feet, my feet as if the the nails going through them were the things hurting him the most. He cried out, My God, my God. Jesus was being forsaken by God. And that, that is what hurt. If, If one of you, if one of the people of Cross of Life came up to me after the service tonight and said I never want to see you or talk to you again. That would hurt. Right? That would be bad. That'd be painful cuz I love you guys. But if my wife came up to me tonight and said I never want to see you or talk to you again, that would be a lot worse. Right? The deeper the love, the stronger the connection, the greater the pain of its loss. Consider just for a moment. Try to imagine for a moment the Son of God being forsaken by his Heavenly Father. This is a relationship that has been going on throughout all eternity. There could be no deeper relationship. There could be no stronger connection. God the Father was forsaking His Son. Do not underestimate the pain in that cry out from Jesus about His Father forsaking Him. So, as Jesus asked, why? Why? Why was the sky dark with God's judgment? Why was Jesus, the Son of God, crying out that God had abandoned him when when he had nothing to be judged for? Why? Because he was experiencing our judgment. So what was the answer to the question Jesus asked? Why had God forsaken him? For you. For me. For us. Jesus was forsaken by God so that you and I would never be. The judgment that should have fallen upon us fell on Him instead. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him and by His wounds. We are healed. It was our sins. Our sins brought that darkness upon us. Our sins created that veil. Our sins created that barrier. Our sins placed us in darkness. The darkness of not knowing God. Of being absolutely lost. Imagine yourself in darkness, being absolutely lost, not knowing God, not knowing who you are, not knowing where you came from, where you're going, not knowing God. The darkness of not being with God, of not seeing God's light. Our sins place us in that darkness, and being in that darkness is awful. Being in that darkness is worse than any nightmare. And we would have stayed in that darkness with that veil, that barrier, keeping us from God, keeping us from His light, keeping us from being blessed by His light. A veil, a barrier. We would have been kept from that. That's where we were headed. Jesus' death was the only thing that could change that. And that is why Jesus had to go to the cross. Jesus went and took our darkness. He placed himself in our darkness so we wouldn't have to stay in that darkness. He paid the price for our sins that we could never pay so that we wouldn't have to face that judgment and so instead that veil could be removed and we could live in the light and the presence of God. And that's why Jesus had to go to the cross. Here is how we know that Jesus' sacrifice did that. Okay? Here is how we can be sure. Do you remember that veil? That, that temple curtain the video was talking about? That, that temple curtain separated the, the most holy place of the temple, which is where God's presence was. That's symbolically where God was. It separated the most holy place from the rest of the temple where the people could go. And as we saw, that that veil, and those are true facts, that veil was not flimsy, 60 feet tall, 3 inches thick. Horses couldn't tear it apart. You know what? Mack trucks couldn't tear it apart. Neither could you or I. And that's physically, but also symbolically. Because that veil... That veil was a barrier, a wall, that separated a holy God from sinful humankind. It was a wall. Physically, Physically, that temple curtain, that veil, separated that most holy place, where, where the holy God's presence was, from the rest of the temple where the other people could go. And only one person, only the high priest, could go through there and go into the most holy place once a year on the Day of Atonement. But when he went, he had to come with a sacrifice of blood. That was the only way that you could approach God. If not, you would die. That was the only way someone could come before God and approach God. So that veil shouted out loudly and clearly, It is impossible, impossible for a sinful human being, for someone living in spiritual darkness, to come into the presence of God. Now, the moment Jesus died, the moment Jesus died, that massive curtain, that great veil was torn in two. And listen, listen carefully because the Bible is very specific about this. It was torn from top to bottom. Just to make it clear who did it. Human beings could not have done it. It was 60 feet tall, torn from top to bottom. Only God could tear that veil. Only God could remove the barrier that our sins have placed between Him and us. Only God could tear that veil. And tearing that veil was like God's way of saying, this sacrifice is the sacrifice that will end all the other sacrifices that have been going on here in this place. Now the way is open to me. Now that my son has died, now that this sacrifice has been made, now that all these sins have been paid for, the way is now open to me. All who believe in him can come and see me and touch me and be with me. There's no more barrier between us anymore. (laughs) This is what God is saying to us by tearing that veil. There's nothing keeping us separate from Him anymore. We can walk into His presence. Our sins no longer separate us from God. Nothing is keeping us from Him. Now God says, My son paid your price, so believe in Him and come in. After that veil was torn, notice who the first one to go in was. A centurion. A Roman centurion. One that we normally would have thought would have believed in Caesar as the divine son of God. A man who no doubt would have been a pretty brutal man, a pretty hard man, someone who would have inflicted death on hundreds of people. And yet, it was a centurion who was the first one after that veil was torn, the first one to get it. He said, surely this man was the Son of God. Now that centurion most likely had not done the first thing in his life to actually please God or make God happy. And yet the moment that veil was torn, he walked into that holy place, so to speak, He walked right into the place, into the presence of God, where moments earlier you could not have gone. And he confessed faith in the Son of God who just died. How? It says that he heard his cry and he saw how he died. What are we doing here tonight? Why do we worship a God who died. No other religion follows a God who even suffered or who even cried out in suffering. But the Son of God died. And we call this Good Friday. Why? What's so good about it? Well, eventually, the rest of Jesus' followers figured out what was so good about it. And maybe we have to, and if not, we will. Because the greatest act in all of human history took place on this day. God suffering for us. The holy God suffering in our place. In other words, friends, The ultimate proof, the ultimate proof of God's love for you and me. Good Friday. Now, when you suffer, like Jesus was crying out, you may wonder why. When you suffer, when things don't go your way, when you're going through hardships, you may be in the dark as to the reason for it, huh? It might not always make sense to you why you're suffering. It it might not always make sense to you why God would let you suffer. And you know what? I don't necessarily have the answer for you either. But the cross, the cross gives you the reason that it isn't. The cross tells you what your reason for your suffering is not. Your reason for suffering cannot be that God doesn't love you. Your reason for suffering cannot be that God doesn't have a plan for you. Your reason for suffering cannot be that God has abandoned you. Because Jesus was abandoned. He paid the price for all of our sins so that God the Father would never abandon you. Jesus not only died the death that we should have died, but he also lived the life that we should have lived but can't. And he did it perfectly. His obedience was perfect. And so now, you and I are given the credit for that. So it doesn't matter who you are. A centurion, a prostitute, a hitman, a Revenue Canada employee... Or a pastor. The veil was torn from top to bottom by God for you. That barrier between you and God has been removed. There is forgiveness for you. There is forgiveness for all of your sins. The centurion heard Jesus' cry. And tonight we've we've heard it too. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So listen, when you see Jesus losing, losing the deep love of his Father, all because of the deep love that he has for you, that and that alone is what is going to change your heart. That and that alone is what is going to change your life. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how evil you have been, no matter how many mistakes you've made, the fact that the veil was torn for you, the fact that the barrier has been removed between you and God as a gift from Him to you, that is what pulls you out of this darkness that you and I have been living in. The darkness we would have stayed in. This is what now enables you to to turn away from from all the things in in life that, that have been dominating your life and addicting you and distracting you and drawing you away from God. The darkness that Jesus went through dispels your darkness. It wipes it away. It removes that veil. So now God's light fills your life and mine. That's what he did, he removed that veil, and now we can see God's light, now we can know God's love, now we know where we stand with him, we can live in peace, we can live in joy, because we know God is no longer angry at us, God is not gonna judge us with darkness, we're not going to be shut out from God, because that veil that once did that, that we set up with our sins, has been removed. And we didn't do anything to remove it. Because only God could do that. Only God could tear that veil. And praise be to him. He has. Amen.